Welcome to the Make the Future podcast. I'm your host, Jacques Beauvais, Dean of the Faculty of Engineering at the University of Ottawa. Join me as I connect with our alumni, students, industry partners, and researchers to explore the future of technology and innovation and how, through creativity and collaboration, we can make our own future. They say the future is coming, but that's not true. The future is already here. And it's relentless. It's not going to wait for you to catch up. How will we live in this future? How will we make sense of it? To define our course, we need a new perspective. One that engages our curiosity, that activates our imagination, one that defies the conventional. To own the future, we need to do more than just see it. We need to make it. Welcome to today's podcast. Today is going to be a little bit different as we're now on the road. Our first stop is at Shopify's Ottawa offices, where we're joined by Sean Aylingworth, a 1987 Faculty of Arts alumnus who is a UXCX lead at Shopify and an experienced managing director and new technology innovation strategist. Welcome, Sean. Thank you. And by Leah Atkinson, a 2015 alumna from the Faculty of Social Sciences, who is now a senior researcher at Shopify. Welcome, Leah. Hi. So I'm going to start with the easiest questions. When I look at your background, you know, a graduate from the Faculty of Arts, uh, uh, an anthropologist, somebody who's worked in social sciences. Could both of you, maybe starting with Sean, tell us how did you end up in such a high-tech company uh, with the background that you had? Yeah, thanks. Um, uh, easy question. Uh, a little bit of a convoluted story, though, um, in, in answering it. Um, so I did uh, an undergraduate degree at the University of Ottawa in, in arts um, and uh, it was at that at the University of Ottawa where I was, uh, I guess, I got the bug um, through a, a variety of courses um, around the topic of psychology and, and human behavior. And uh, it started there, um, uh, pursued my passion in that space into, into um, further degrees in graduate school and, and uh, a PhD in Boston that uh, um, coincided with... Um, the emergence of the internet generation. And there was a lot of research going on at the time around how people are going to use this new technology to, uh, to communicate, to sell, to, uh, uh, to be better connected, to have better lives. And, and so it was that intersection that, that connected the, the psychology and the sciences background with, um, with technology. Um, Started working with early, early, early internet companies and, and quite frankly, haven't stopped. Um, uh, from there, I moved on to uh, a, a fun time at a, a company very close to us here in Ottawa, Nortel, um, and their advanced design uh, team, um, where we've always been trying to understand um, how to leverage technology to improve communications, commerce, um, uh, from a behavioral perspective. So uh, that's how I uh, ended up at Shopify. That, that's a very interesting path. What about you, Leia? Coming, what's cultural anthropologist doing in a tech company? Okay. Uh, so I 
my bachelor's degree at Ottawa U doing anthropology and sociology, and afterwards I did I went straight to my master's at Ottawa U again, uh, where I was studying uh, Japanese subcultures. And as part of that re- research, I for my thesis, I went over to Tokyo for three months, and I came back, decided that I wanted to get to know uh, Japanese culture and language better. So I took a job with the Japanese government uh, for a couple of years. And while I was in Tokyo, I uh, decided to go to design school while I was working for the government. And in design school, I learned about this thing called uh, social design, which was this, uh, which is kind of similar to UX research. Uh, what you would do was you would look at social problems from a, like, social science perspective, and you would apply them to design. I thought that was really interesting. So I, uh, and I thought that maybe that was something that I wanted to do in the, in the next step of my career. So I reached out to my friend who was working at Shopify at the time and asked her if there was any uh, possibilities of me going there. And it worked out, and then I ended up coming back to Canada, and I've been working at Shopify for about a year and four months since then. Uh, Sean, can you tell us a little bit more about Shopify and and what is the the uh, what's this company uh, about in terms of its products, in terms of its market? I mean, in Ottawa, we 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 hear hear a lot about Shopify. It's one of the major employers, but I'd like to hear from you a little bit of a description of what exactly is Shopify. Yeah, so so you know, this won't be the. Uh, the standard tagline, but but my perspective on Shopify is that uh, Shopify is a company that empowers um, entrepreneurs to uh, pursue their passion, um, to um, to control their destiny, to um, to com- to to market and sell and produce um, their uh, um, the fruits of their of their passion um, around the world. Um, we develop a platform that that allows people to um, to create online presences and and, and transact. Um, but uh, um, I think the the distinguishing fact is is it's a, it's about um, supporting and reinforcing and um, enabling that that entrepreneurial spirit to come to life. Um, you know, it's about getting people, um, giving people a sense of autonomy, you know, and allowing them to to follow their passion. That's very cool. Um, we've been putting a lot of emphasis in the last few years at the University of Ottawa in terms of design courses. We've introduced three design courses for engineering and computer science students. Um, we've we've grown it from 2015, where we basically started, and we had a thousand students taking the design courses today. So there's been a lot of rapid growth, but we're really trying to understand where to go next, how to better train our students to meet the needs of industry. So I'm kind of curious, do you, do both of you work with people from technology when you're working in, in, in your, your roles uh, in supporting design? Is it, is it a really interdisciplinary process? What kind of teams are around you and do you, need, do you get to interact with the technology people? Uh, yeah, so I can I can respond to that. Um, it is interdisciplinary in spades. Um, everything that uh, every team 
uh, is comprised of, of multiple disciplines, engineering, si uh, research, design, um, content strategy, uh, data uh, analysts, um, and we live, breathe, socialize, work um, uh, together as, as a, a functional unit trying to solve specific problems. So um, that, uh, that diversity, uh, that respect for the, the different domains and the, and the expertise within them is, is core to, to how we kind of move the ball forward. Has that changed a lot in recent years? Is this, is this a new way of working or has, that been, has this been the case for many, many years now? I think that Shopify really started to focus on uh, working across different disciplines about a year and a half ago, around the time that I joined, uh, the company had just experienced a reorg. So before then, uh, researchers were all together. And then after that, uh, researchers, for example, were spread into different uh, product lines and service lines. So at that time, uh, if you were on a particular product line, you would be working, so for example, on, on payments or money. You would be working about money uh, with product managers, developers, uh, researchers, content strategists, etc. But every, all of the people in that product line would be focused on that one topic. So from that point, I think uh, the collaboration started to really pick up. Yeah, I would, uh, maybe I could just add a little bit of a color to that. Um, um, multidisciplinary teams, uh, I don't think are, um, are as common as they should be. Uh, I was fortunate to experience multidisciplinary teaming at uh, at Nortel, and 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 seeing that at Shopify was one of the you know the huge selling points um, around joining Shopify. Um, it, uh, uh, but I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't go out and say that it's it's common everywhere. Okay. So in the design courses, we try very hard to bring our students to interact with customers. So this is from a, an engineering perspective. They're developing new products. We have, for example, a lot of the projects are related to accessibility. So they will directly interact with uh, uh, customers who have uh, are experiencing challenges and need help with technology to be able to go through their daily lives. Um, but that's still from an engineering perspective. So it's talking to a customer, but developing the technology. Can you say a few words to sort of Make us understand the difference between what you experience in, in, in UX design in these interdisciplinary teams versus a group of engineers or computer scientists developing their technology and trying to figure out what the customer wants. What's the big difference? What do you see? What qualities are you looking for in people to join those teams after? Um, yeah, so it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting question because why, you know, it, it begs the question of why can't a, a software developer Know, build an application um, that uh, that meets all of the market demands mm -hmm. immediately every time uh, in every situation. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, um, you know there are times that that happens. Uh, you know, obviously being a, a biased practitioner of UX, I, I when those things happen, I consider them lucky. Um, and uh, but uh, one of the things that we look for here, um, and we talk a lot about in the UX group about T-shaped personalities. And so people that have broad experiences, but expertise down a specific domain. 
So you may, from a UX perspective, you may um, know a lot about research and research might be your thing, but you need to also understand um, interaction design, information architecture, visual design, um, you know, um, technical writing, um, front-end development. So, you know, um, we're not looking for the jack-of-all-trades. Um, we want, you know, deep expertise in specific areas. Um, on the engineering side, uh, I'm sure it's the exact same. Um, that, uh, but, um, but the breadth to be able to reach and understand uh, kind of the parallel domains. From your perspective, Leo, when you were saying you need to talk to, to the technology people, also when you're trying to, uh, to, uh, to work on new products, is it, are the people working in your team already sharing the same language, the same way of expressing their ideas, or is it something that requires a lot of work within the team to reach a point where that, that commonality is a lot easier to, to, uh, to work with? The team I'm on is actually a team of researchers, and we work with uh, different product lines for projects. Uh, the product line I usually work with is international, so and on international, uh, there's, as I mentioned, the product managers, uh, developers, etc. And it it was a little bit challenging for me at the beginning uh, to understand all the all of the different and what they brought to the table and also for the different disciplines to understand what I was doing because I was the first uh, researcher to be working with that team. So it was a little bit challenging, but I think through uh, spending a lot of time together and actually getting on getting one-on-ones where we were able to explain our disciplines to each other really helped. So now we're at the point where, uh, where we can work really well together and leverage each other's strengths, but it definitely is challenging at times, especially when people are first onboarding into the company. Where's the big challenge today in the team? Is it getting, are, is it an equal challenge to get the the uh, people with a background in social sciences, humanities, to be open and understand the technology people, or is it the opposite? Is it the technology people who need to work harder to to interact with uh, people from very different backgrounds in their team, or is it an equal challenge for everyone? Uh, it's hard to say because, quite frankly, the people at Shopify have that. Okay. So it, it's hard to say that that um, that one is is tougher to achieve than the other. Um, you won't be here if you don't have that uh, that uh, appreciation, um, that acceptance of uh, the other disciplines and and their expertise. So there's a corporate corporate culture absolutely from the day you hire the people to be able to bring in the right people into the company absolutely um, teaming openness uh, sharing um, collaboration um, it's actually it, it's 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 fantastically shocking um, in my time here um, how open um, quite frankly every level of the organization is uh, to grab a coffee and talk to you about something um, it's uh, or shoot you over a document that they're working on. It uh, um, uh, the company, my experience is the company has done a, a huge um, has put in a huge effort and has been you know incredibly successful in maintaining that um, 
you know that startup feel, right? Where yeah. we're all around the table working on something. Yeah. Well, we're four thousand people all around the table. Working and it's still, on the something. startup feel today. Absolutely, it, it uh, certainly. Um, you know, in, in my experiences, um, more collaborative, more open than than anything that I've seen. And that's in spite of the fact that the company is growing at an incredible pace. Absolutely, four thousand people and growing, and uh, it. Uh, um, it, they work really hard. The culture team works really hard at creating the right environment. You said you have a culture team, so you have people whose job it is to sort of make sure that that's part of the yeah. And 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 everybody owns it on down. Um, you know the, the everything through the hiring process, uh, the way teams are formed, um, the way reporting structures are. Um, it's uh, it is part of the. The, the fabric of the company. Well, that's extremely interesting. Um, from from your perspective, Leia, did when you how long have you been at Shopify? Uh, so I joined Shopify in December 2017. So so from what I've I've heard that that makes you like one of one of the uh, the uh, the most senior people in the sense too. You've had a long tenure here. Yeah, I think the last I checked, like 40 of the company has joined after me. Okay. Well, that's what that's that's extremely rapid growth. How how was your integration into that? I mean, uh, since we've just been talking about the culture, is it something that fit with your personality when you arrived here, or is it something that you you felt that you developed even more once you got here? It, I I really liked the culture uh, from the moment I started. People were very welcoming. Uh, the researchers made a like welcoming party for me great and I was also asked to coffee from a lot of different people uh, across Shopify so that I was able to have one-on-ones with them. Uh, the information can be like a little bit overwhelming but I feel like people are very empathetic to that uh, so that's nice with Shopify. The other thing is uh, there's they have a few um, like training, internal training things that help us to be able to practice uh, working interdisciplinary or learn about uh, different disciplines which is helpful. So uh, one of the first things that we do is like called R&D camp for people who are in research and development. And for that, we get to work on like a mini project with uh, an engineer or multiple engineers and content strategists and product managers. And we're able to hash out a, a, pro- a five-day project together. So I think that really helped me to, uh, to get into that new environment and start working with different disciplines. When you when you're looking, I'm, I mean, I know that Shopify also hires interns, you hire young people, and all that. What are the things that you um, that that are the, the the real signals that you're looking for? The qualities in, in those people. You you already kind of addressed that question, but I'm curious to just put it together. Yeah, one of one of the things that we um, we talk about a lot, and and, and I think uh, certainly on the UX side that we look for a lot is uh, is this concept of a growth mindset. Um, uh, somebody who uh, is uh, is open to new ideas, new perspectives, um, challenging themselves, continually learning. Um, you know, maybe interested in a wide diversity of things, um, and. Uh, so you know, um, it's not. Uh, it is not at all only the technical chops mm-hmm. or the you know or the university degree or the you know the grade point average. Um, 
uh, you know, kind of that that openness and willingness to explore and, and experiment and, and discover is is probably you know equal if not greater part of the equation. So I have a little bit of a naive question for you, Leah, and in terms of your role. Um, certainly, for the programmers, for the engineers, we imagine what the, the what problem we're trying to solve, and we come up with one solution, one design, one approach. Your role is clearly, or sounds like, it's at the international. How different is it to develop a product for the Japanese market or from an Asian market as compared to developing a product for the Canadian market? Yeah, so it could be very different. Uh, one of the main or most obvious ways that it's different to develop for a country like Japan compared to Canada would be the integrations and the types of integrations. So in Japan, uh, there's a lot of different payment methods that are not very popular or existing in Canada, for example, being able to pay at a convenience store or doing bank transfers, that sort of thing. So developers need to be able to uh, develop for those sorts of payment methods that don't necessarily exist in Canada. Uh, then there's more um, subtle things, like the way that language is used might be different, the way that people uh, experience UX might be different than Canada. Uh, for Germany, there's a lot of different regulations uh, that, for, in order to be compliant that don't exist in Canada. So, for example, having to have uh, all of your shipping carriers displayed on your website which you don't necessarily need to have in Canada. So there's, there's a lot of uh, really um, specific things and more uh, broad things as well for different countries. Okay. So how about I ask you, uh, Sean, how do you define UX design? <laughs> yeah, and, uh, interesting question because there's a, there's a lot of diversity um, in the, the, the way... Uh, UX is described, uh, even what they call it. Uh, quite frankly, it's uh, um, it's it's undergone a name change um, several times. But uh, um, uh, fundamentally, uh, UX is um, is focused on understanding the the goals, tasks, motivations, context of use uh, around a, a specific um, product, behavior, service. So, you know, UX is everything around understanding who the users are, what their goals are, when they're using it, how they're using it, what they're trying to achieve with the, the product or service. And bringing that uh, knowledge to the, the engineering table, to the design table. Um, so um, the kinds of work that, that, that UX traditionally does uh, starts around kind of the innovation stage you know, doing, doing early research, brainstorming activities to try to come up with ideas, research to, to test those ideas and, and, and gain clarity, uh, design to conceptualize those ideas um, uh, in, a, in, a, in a tangible form, um, testing those ideas to make sure that they, they fit back with that user audience. But it's really, you know, simply put, I, I, I describe it as thinking with the end in mind. Um, you know, we know that whatever we build in whatever company we're for, uh, somebody somewhere is going to pick it up and have to do something with it. Um, the more we know about them, what they need, 
where they're going to use it and how they're going to use it, um, the better we can design something that fits. So when you talk about these really interdisciplinary teams, what kind of people are around the table when you're doing this type of design? What are the backgrounds of the people around you, your team? Yeah, so um, on the UX side, there, there's diversity in the teams and on the engineering side. So um, typically a team will, will form around um, you know, engineering, computer science uh, backgrounds, um, front-end development, um, uh, user research, um, interaction design, um, uh, what are the roles I'm missing, content strategy, um, uh, data analysts um, who are you know, kind of looking at the, the big data questions um, around the, the product or service, um, uh, testers, um, and then that, that's on the, the kind of the product design and product management, obviously. Um, but that's on the on the product design side, and then there's all of the marketing and, and related um, uh, teams that that get involved with with the act of creating or what is finally created. Sounds like a huge team, and you've got people with arts background, business background, engineering, computer science. It's really very vast. Yeah, the teams are um, uh, they're not they're not enormous teams. Um, okay. You know, so there's a lot of different areas that are being explored and built. Um, you know, uh, a team you know a team maybe ten people, uh, okay. a team maybe eight people um, when you include the engineering resources and okay. uh, and the UX resources, but uh, not not uh, not NASA esque. I don't. Okay, think. okay, for for <laughs> for each team. Okay, well, Leo, from your perspective. Um, is the, are there still skills or knowledge that you develop at university when you were studying that are critical to your work today? Because we know how fast things are evolving in technology. We even tell our students when that by ten years from now, everything we've taught them in terms of technology is is going to be passé. You know, so we know that that we're living in a world where continuing education continue. Uh, Learning over the years is going to be very important, but are you still, are there things that you learned at university which are still crucial for you? Yeah, I use the skills uh, that I learned in university every day, I would say, in my job. Uh, so I was trained in anthropology and sociology, and as part of that, I have to learn about things like ethics, so how, how do we uh, treat people's data, which is especially important today. In, uh, in tech, I was also le learned about uh, like how to create interview guides, how to do field research, various things like that. So those skills, including um, like cross-cultural communi cross communication, are things that I use every day. There are there were a lot of learning curves for me as well, uh, like learning how to use different types of uh, internal platforms, like learning how to do coding, for example, was something I never learned in university or how to be able to pull uh, certain data from our internal database. So those things were a little bit challenging, and also there were some like business skills that I never learned in my, in my discipline. Um, but, but overall, I'm able to use stuff that I learned in school every day. One of the things that our, some of our graduates have been telling us when we've been talking with them, for example, chemical engineers who've gone to fintech and vastly different fields, they basically tell us the most important things was learning to learn. That the most important thing we were training them. Does that make sense? That does that resonate with you? 
Yeah, 100%. That goes directly back to the to the growth mindset concept. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, clearly the technology is going to change um, and the way things are built, uh, the underlying elements of a, of a product or service or application are going to change. Um, uh, from a UX perspective, it just makes common sense that, you know, let's, let's start with the thing that is going to change the least, which is the human. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're not going to grow a sixth finger anytime soon. So let's design for that um, and, uh, and, and allow the technology to enable us to deliver the best possible thing. But, but it is, it's, it's absolutely about being open to, uh, to explore, to, uh, to investigate, to understand, and, and, and almost expect it to change. I'm kind of curious to know when you're, when you're starting a new project, what kind of a time scale are you are you talking about from like the first kickoff meeting to saying this is ready to be uh, uh, I'm not sure what the right expression is to be put online or be to be distributed to for launched, customers yeah. to be launched how 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 quick or how long does it take typically yeah. I guess there must vary a lot uh, it it varies somewhat you know there are there are small projects that start with a couple of people okay. um, and uh, you know uh, um, a particular problem area. Uh, we deal with, with a lot with with online merchants. Mm-hmm. So you know, our user is a merchant. Um, so you know, merchant problems um, uh, can you know can lead to a, a solution idea that can start up very quickly with a, a couple of people pursuing kind of a, a further exploration of, of kind of what that problem space is or what the opportunity might be. Um, and it roll up into you know kind of a larger team. Um, teams spin up and spin down all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not a uh, uh, it's it's not a badge of honor to be doing the same thing forever, and it's not a sign of uh, um, uh, of weakness to be moving. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's uh, very our approach is very agile in that perspective. That resources are added and removed as when needed. Okay. So there's a lot of flexibility there and a lot of, uh, it evolves constantly. So when you look back, um, what exactly drove you down this path that led you, led you to this point in your career? I'm, I'm really curious to find out what helped you the most from your university experience in terms of your, uh, your work today and, and your, your recent career developments. Um. One of the things that happened um, during my time at, Un- at the University of Ottawa, um, which which I, in reflection, found you know kind of crucial um, or, or pivotal really in, in my career, was um, my background was uh, or my degree was in in general arts. Um, uh, I started in the sciences program. Uh, I moved over to philosophy. Uh, I dabbled in physical education, um, and I was not a student who walked into the university saying, I am going to be a X. Um, the university gave me the opportunity to explore and, and find my sweet spot. Um, and, uh, and it was only by being able to kind of test the extremes um, of going from, you know, natural sciences to philosophy um, that I was able to find where my spot was and where my passion was. So. Um, you know, I, I credit the university with allowing me to be able to, to do almost that cross-discipline investigation very early on in my life. 
So it was kind of a safe environment where you, you explore where your passion lies and where you're, you feel more, more, more comfortable in a way. Yes, absolutely. And, and uh, um, you know, looking, thinking forward to how programs um, uh, could, could adapt or, mm-hmm. or change to, to, to kind of reinforce that exploration. Um, you know, being able to, uh, you know, beyond your electives, work on things in, in other disciplines, in other programs. Um, there is a tie between um, engineering and psychology. There, mm-hmm. there is in industry. Um, make it happen at the university level. Um, you know, um, industrial design, um, uh, computer science, they're, they're, they are all, at the end of the day, they're, you know, when you go into industry, you're building something for somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it takes a lot of those different kinds of skills. When, I, when we're in welcome week, the very first week that the students come in, in the, the word of welcome that I give them, one of the four things I tell them is to remind them that they're not just joining a faculty of engineering. They're joining a university. And I, and I, and I tell them, you know, make use of the time you have here to meet and grow your network right away. Meet people who are in social sciences and in arts and in business. Because I tell them one day when you're working in a company and you're trying to solve a problem or develop a product, that's the type of people, if not exactly those people, your network, which may make a difference between success and failure in what you're doing. And I, and I kind of get the sense that the discussion we've had today uh, reinforces that message. They do need to expand their horizons while they're there and, and make use of that opportunity. Yes, and, and you know, so you will you know, rarely ever uh, end up in a job where you own every decision. Um, you control every variable, every dimension, every feature is yours alone to to determine. So um, that you know that concert of, of voices and skill sets um, is what um, you will most likely end up being part of. So um, find a way to experience it. When you were back in university, Leia, did you? When, okay, I'll go back a second. When we talked a, a few weeks ago with the students, we did a big uh, technology, interactive technology work of art. We had a group of art students and we had a group of engineering students work together last summer. They scaled up two massive works of art. And one of the things that, that struck me is that um, it was not just a clash of cultures between arts and engineering. It was also a clash that the art students were telling us that they, they had not done really that many Team projects. Did you have the chance to do teamwork while you were a student at university in in your field? Yeah, so I never really had too much exposure to other faculties uh, when I was in university. I mostly stayed within uh, anthropology and sociology faculties. However, I did take some electives, and through the electives, I was able to work with students from different disciplines, as some of them were taking electives as well. But that was my primary that but that that clash that you're referring to like um, you know it it's not a negative clash you know mm-hmm. it, that that dynamic environment that uh, you know kind of conflicting clashing perspectives and 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 opinions and, and understanding that's where the magic happens mm-hmm. um, and uh, um, that's actually kind of the 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 seed of innovation where 
where the discovery comes from, you know, different perspectives um, coming to a problem and, and and something uniquely unique emerging. Yeah, it goes back a little bit to what we were saying earlier that this can be done in the university. We can provide a safe environment where that that clash of cultures or perspective can actually become very uh, a learning experience, an asset for the people who work through it, and, and that's a little bit how we were seeing the, the the work that the arts and engineering teams did last summer. Yes, they went through a conflict period. They resolved it. They were supportive. They had the coaching, mentoring. They got through that, and then the result of what they did was just absolutely amazing. And so it was a very constructive experience. Yeah, and the the innovation centers that you see popping up everywhere now. The the federal government has innovation centers in every department. The uh, the city has an innovation center. Um, you know, when those centers work well, um, it's it's because of the collisions that they're creating. Um, they're not, you know, when they don't work well, they're little protective bubbles that mm-hmm. allow, you know, people to pursue their little niche. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it's the collisions that are the, uh, you know, kind of the, the lightning causing events. Yeah. Well, we had one of our alumni did a presentation a few months ago when we launched a STEM conflict. What he was saying is that as an entrepreneur, it was very important to live not just outside the comfort zone, but in the discomfort zone. And that's where the real creativity and the innovation came about. So I think it it sort of sounds a little bit like what we've been talking about. Um, Now, I know Shopify has a lot of internship opportunities. Could you possibly give us a little bit more information, expand on what type of internships Shopify offers for the students? Um, so, so one of the things that we do at Shopify to help students um, ease their way into industry uh, is, is through an internship program. Uh, there's lots of information on our website about the internship program. It runs year-round. Um, there are summer, winter, fall sessions. Um, they are paid internships. Um, they're across all of the disciplines, not just UX, uh, all of the engineering uh, disciplines as well, marketing. Um, and uh, so those are, are unique opportunities that, that I would encourage students to take advantage of to, to um, kind of walk the walk of, mm-hmm. of what, uh, um, you know, what industry-led um, product design, software design is all about. That's... That's ex- those sounds like extremely good opportunities for them to, uh, as you say, learn the um, initiate themselves into the uh, the reality of the industry. So I would like to thank both of you, uh, uh, Sean Ellingworth from Shopify and Leah Atkinson from Shopify. Thank you very much for being part of the discussion today. I want to thank everybody that supported the uh, this recording of the podcast, and I want to make sure to thank you who are listening to us for joining us today for this uh, very enlightening discussion. Thank you, everyone, and uh, à la prochaine. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Before we finish, I'd like to thank you, the listeners, for joining us for today's discussion. If you have comments or questions, please email us at genie.engineering at uottawa.ca. That's G-E-N-I-E dot engineering at uottawa.ca. Or visit us at our faculty webpage, engineering.uottawa.ca. I also want to thank everyone who contributed to the writing, production, and editing of this podcast, including Francis Bertrand Lafrenière, Valérie Sanson, and Carl Borns. Salut à tous, see you next time. To own the future, 
we need to do more than just see it. We need to make it.